Bruce Cook is honored to have you join his conversations with people committed to talking with heart and brain functions in full operating gear. No spin, no agenda, just authentic conversation on just about anything. Welcome to the Bruce Cook Conversation. Respected sports broadcaster Luz Towers talks with Bruce about the exciting turnaround of the Los Angeles Angels this season. Then, comic Bobby Collins weighs in on the threats from lunatics jumping on stage and attacking performers at concerts. The Bruce Cook Conversation with your host, Bruce Cook. Trending now, here's your host, Bruce Cook. Brought to you by the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute at Hode. Good Sunday evening, ladies and gentlemen. Bruce Cook here. Bruce Cook Conversation live Sunday night. Angels Radio, AMA 30, KLAA. Today's sports page in the Los Angeles Times, columnist Mike Diagenova writes, headline, Angels Wild Week, most fun in years. No kidding, radio audience. So what better than to spend our first half hour of the show talking angels and what better person to do it with me than the legendary sportscaster, Angels historian, baseball guru. And here he is. Here he is, Mr. Lou Stowers, people. That must be a misprint, but thank you very much. Well, I had to pause because I thought you were going to jump in. but No, no. I'm, welcome. I'm just, welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you so welcome. much. Okay. Thank, and for the kind words, too. Wild week. Incredible week. It has been. Seven years of a drought. And what happened? Who watered the plants around here? (laughs) I don't know. They better not tell uh, Uncle Gavin. No, no, no. Don't tell him. No, he'll shut it off in a a quick minute. But I don't know. But but actually, I do know. Who's responsible? Well, uh, I would say that... uh, what is responsible? Artie Moreno, of course, for getting a new general manager that gets it. And uh, it's three things in baseball kind of like real estate and uh, we know all about that living at the beach it's three things it's location 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 and speaking of location that means pitching 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 and that's all the angels did was draft pitchers 20 pitchers in the draft last year and one of them actually started earlier this week and uh, did a very good job and uh, uh, it was uh, Silseth I think his name was Chase and Silseth Chase Silseth I was going to bring that up as my first question and you're go. ahead of me I'm sorry well then go 21 years old yeah rookie about a year older than you uh, a year and a half but <laughs> yes 21 year old rookie 61 uh, I'm sorry I'm looking I'm reading my notes but I can't read my notes but I think he it was like a uh, an absolute shock yeah yeah well he was pitching for the uh, uh, Rocket City trash pandas down in <laughs> Madison uh, Alabama which uh, that, uh, that's a great name. The trash pandas. Also, I love their logos. It was so when I was looking up Chase and uh, and his numbers in the minors, I ordered a hat too. So that one's definitely not going the trash. So how many players do a shootout like that on a debut? Is that how uncommon is that? Uh, you know, anything it, it, in, in your memory? I I've in in players first at bats. I've seen them hit home runs, and then you also see, they either do real well. Or they flop, and it's it's it is a lot of pressure 
when you're doing that. But obviously, it didn't affect uh, Chase Silseth, uh, but it was also good that he was brought up uh, to play the uh, Oakland A's. So, but in saying that, even though the Oakland A's are down at the bottom of the, of the AL West right now, only 15 wins, the Angels have 24, it always seems like the A's and the Orioles, the A's and Demos, they play the Angels very tough all the time, no matter where they are in the standings. So, But Chase Silseth had the, um, the nerve of a burglar or the nerve of... Uh, uh, say uh, 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 the the Don Drysdale out there, and just went out there. Sandy, well, I don't know about Sandy Koufax, but still had the nerve of Sandy Koufax. Just went right after him, and uh, pitched a whale of a game. What do you think? Since you brought up Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale, what do you think maintains that legacy decades, decades later, when so many people have come and gone? Because. They were, well, besides being with a magical franchise in Los Angeles, Brooklyn and Los Angeles, that right there will up up your ante as far as uh, the legacy level. But they were the best at the time, uh, even though Whitey Ford was pitching for the Yankees and, and, uh, and all those good guys there. Uh, the Dodgers had the two pitchers in baseball at that time. And they were just uh, jaw-dropping. And speaking of Don Drysdale, He's from, from Van Nuys, California. Okay, there you go. There was another rookie that did an amazingly this week. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of his name. Help me out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, well, let's see. Well, uh, the, while we're thinking of that, let's talk about, let's talk about um, Taylor Ward, a game-tying pinch hit, the first since 2012. That's right. Uh, there was the... Uh, he, he's something else. He's probably going to, he's in the running for the all -star, early All Star. Also, is Brendan Walsh, uh, not considered a rookie, but in his first full season. And um, those two guys are, are uh, really stealing the show. I mean, Mike Trout is just, uh, just probably enjoying being a background player right now. Still with home runs galore. Yeah. Not really a background player. No, not really. But, not really. Ever but, a star. But, but the, yeah, the, the, uh, there's the some spotlight. There's some that are, that, are that are getting spotlights. Yeah, the spotlight is, is, uh, is getting a little crowded for the Angels, and I love that. Because, uh, uh, dare I say, that this team is built a little bit like the uh, uh, team back in 2002. And uh, w with everything uh, from power to little ball hitting, and, and especially now with the ball that is that could be a little deader than it was a few years back because there are less home runs. Um, uh, and even You can't tell it by the way Shohei Otani just hit that ball today. But uh, there are more stolen bases, more sacrifices, and that's right down Joe Madden's alley. That ball situation was very controversial for a while. Has it died down? That's the rumor I'm hearing. That uh, I don't know. Maybe they put some of my old dirty socks in there or something. But uh, it's not as not as sharp as it used to be. Balls aren't carrying as well, uh, and home runs mean more now. They're more exciting. And when you do that, it also changes. Somebody, if if that's true, I don't know if they thought about this, but uh, the uh, the shift, the infield shift. That may help get rid of that because people wanted to make a rule. Oh, no shifts. Let's outlaw the shift. Well, no. Why don't you just learn how to hit it the other way? 
<laughs> so maybe this is going to help out. You bring up the word rule. People freak out when MLB and team are trying to change rules all of a sudden, and they say, let's just leave it alone. What do you say? There's nothing wrong with baseball. Okay, there you go. So that leads me into the new so-called, what the uh, there's the sportscasters are calling the Shohei Otani rule about right. the two, the, the, uh, the, what's it called? Well, the, the designated hitter rule. Right. There you go. The the addendum to the designated hitter rule, or the addendum, yeah. The two way the two way player, player. the two way right. player. That's what they're calling in the sports columns. And it doesn't make sense because there really hasn't been a player like Shohei that really warranted that change. I mean, here you got got a guy who's just been totally on fire since he came to the Angels, and if he starts a game. And, and he's in the lineup, say, wherever in the lineup, uh, the batting order. And then he has to come out of the game. Well, so does his bat has to come out of the game. And that's pretty frustrating when, it, when you've got the most exciting player. So there are not any dummies up there that are, that are in the owner's box. So it's like, well, let's just change it around here because it does make sense. Yeah, why hold him back? Why hold him back? Right. If he's not going to be on the mound, let him hit. I mean, Oral Hershiser was a very good hitter, but then they didn't have the the uh, designated hitter rule in the National League until this year, which, uh, don't get me started on that. I liked that the National League was different and they didn't have the, the designated hitter rule. But let's hope that this is just a one-year experiment for well, them. Well, why can't I get you started on that? <laughs> Okay. Uh, why do you have to have that? I mean, yeah, it makes a, a career longer for some players, but um, and now the players from little league on up, uh, well, actually high school on up, they're designated hitters now. Um, so the pitcher doesn't have to hit. But then sometimes the pitcher on on a high school team or a college team or a high school on down. The pitcher is the best athlete on the team, along with the shortstop. But then the shortstop might be the pitcher. And the homecoming king. Or queen. Because <laughs> I'm going to talk about my granddaughter in just a minute, who plays, who's the starting pitcher for the Linfield Christian Lions. I'm sorry, there's no nepotism on my show. <laughs> you just have to hold on. All right, all right. All right, I'll let you. breaking your I'll heart. let you. But listen, before we continue, I think we should open this conversation up and see if Angels fans listening tonight want to join us and share the excitement that the team is bringing to their legacy so people we don't usually open up my conversation but i'm going to what? do it i'm going to do it if you want to join us this is can... like the designated hitter rule where you're changing it around a little bit you're it you're the designated <laughs> hitter you know the number 714-2-830-830 check in with us talk to us about what you feel about the turnaround with Angels baseball. Okay, let's keep talking. Back to Shohei. Somebody told me today, and I didn't know this, but maybe you do and everybody else does, so if I'm stupid, you can I tell me. I know nothing. He lives around the corner from here, mm -hmm. and he comes to the to the uh, stadium in a golf cart with his, his assistant trainer slash translator. I can't comment on that. You can't? Why not? I, well, I don't want people beating a path to, oh is that a secret did i just i don't know did i just say something i should i don't do you do you know something that i don't well no i just heard it from a strange <laughs> not a stranger but somebody telling me did you know I oh didn't, yeah no, well I didn't know. Th there's a rumor that he lives close to the stadium within 
jogging distance or golf cart distance. And he doesn't get mobbed. Well, because we shouldn't be talking about it. All right, I've just been fired. No, no. How could they fire you? Uh, they could. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep talking about Mr. Otani. Okay. Is he like the most amazing story in baseball, bar none, right now? He and, is. And what's he's so young? What's going to happen? Well, hopefully, he stays healthy. He did have that arm problem, that elbow problem, when he came from Japan, but the Angels knew that going in, and so did everybody else in Major League Baseball, that they knew sometime in his future he was going to blow out his arm and he was going to have to go through the Tommy John surgery. And fortunately for everybody, including Shohei, it happened sooner than later uh, so that he could enjoy this, uh, what he's having now, this success, which is... We've never seen this. It has been over a hundred years since Babe Ruth did something similar, and he and he's out babying the babe. So uh, there's there's been nothing like Shohei Otani. Um, I hope everybody gets a, a chance to come out to Angel Stadium or to wherever stadium that Shohei plays in to just watch this kid and and have your jaw drop too. It's a, he's he's a great fun young man to watch and in the clubhouse he's very humble very nice a, a very sharp dresser by the way and well, um, that counts for something absolutely and um uh he's just very humble very humble young man interesting and very tall read i'm sure reading very about, tall. reading about his background he was raised in a uber sports family in japan his mother and father were both very athletic people started very young do you think that's why his arm went so young well probably just throwing 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 yeah yeah you know, it you happens hear, you hear about uh, parents with little leaguers and high school kids saying you got to protect that arm you got to protect that arm don't overdo it don't overdo it well yeah but kids will be kids and they'll go ahead and try stuff, and uh, especially with breaking balls and everything, uh, that puts wear and tear on your arm. And just just using it a lot and, and th trying to throw it as fa as hard as you can, as fast as you can, that's going to be a lot of wear and tear. There's probably a few miles on that arm already because of uh, high school and the professionals in uh, in Japan. And this week, career grand slam for him. Just the first one. Only the first. But see, there is that's the, the old angels when they couldn't get anybody on base. They couldn't buy their way on base. And that's why uh, the angels' offense looked so tired in the past is because they knew that the pitching staff wasn't so good. They knew that they had to score five, six, seven, eight runs a game because the pitching staff was going to give up eight, nine, ten runs a game. So now... They're seeing that they're trusting the pitching staff, and they're more comfortable at the plate, where they can win the one to nothing games, where they can win the two to one games like they did today. They were ahead two to one until they got two insurance runs and made it a very nice uh, put it on a bow. Thank you very much. A four to one win. Now we're going to go to Texas and take care of business there. And uh, there's another place where they don't really play well. So it's, it's gonna, this is going to be an interesting series. I don't think the Angels have really played a slouch team this year. They really haven't. 
and they and here they are. They're uh, the only reason that they're behind the Astros in first place uh, at the AL West is because the Angels have played two more games. So uh, once the schedule evens out, we'll see. But still, the AL West and the and the AL Championship still goes through Houston. Indeed, it does. Bruce Cook here with Lou Stowers today, and we're talking Angels baseball. Again, if you want to join us, 714-283830. Here's a question for you, listeners, if you want to call in and comment. Share a Shohei Otani experience at the stadium. What is your favorite memory so far? Call us. We'd love to talk to you. In the meantime, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I'm going to let Lou talk to us about his granddaughter. I said I wouldn't, (laughs) but I'm going to. So don't go away. I'm Bruce Cook. It's the conversation tonight on AM830. AM 830. At the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute, the Hogue Epilepsy Program is accredited by the National Association of Epilepsy Centers as a Level 4 Epilepsy Center. This means that our experts provide the highest level care for patients with complex epilepsy. Our patient-centered approach to epilepsy treatment combined with state-of-the-art technology, including robotics and laser ablation, ensure the best possible outcomes for our patients. To learn more or for an evaluation, call 949-966-0243 or visit hogue.org forward slash epilepsy care. Okay, the hip-hop music's for you, Lou. Yeah, baby. There you go, baby. Tell me about your granddaughter. My granddaughter, Michaelin Sueden, is a sophomore at uh, Linfield Christian High School in Temecula, and they were 0-13 last year. McKaylin went to uh, Whittier Christian High School last year and uh, led them to the CIF playoffs as a freshman, uh, as a shortstop. Then she uh, caught on as a catcher at Linfield and was goofing around with the starting pitcher, you know, mimicking the softball pitcher. And so the coaches opened their eyes and said, hey, Mac, you want to pitch? And she's been their starting pitcher ever since. She's gone all the way. And uh, she is, um, she's a stud. She's a heartbreaker. I call her the heartbreaker because um, they will be playing Capo Valley High, Capistrano Valley High School in the Division Seven CIF Southern Section Playoff Finals. And when either, is that? Either Friday or Saturday. So I will be there. I was going to say, will you be there? Uh, the, nothing's going to keep me away from and that. Will you be screaming and yelling? N- only when there's something good happening. I'm not one of those guys that likes to, uh, uh, unless the umpire does something wrong. But they never do anything wrong. What right? about, did you coach this child as a kid growing up? or? Uh, she has so many coaches in the family that I'm more of the philosopher to her. So um, she, they played a very, very good Rosemead Panther team on Thursday on Thursday and uh, kept trying to give that game away couldn't give it away though Rosemead wouldn't let them they ended up winning in nine innings 10 to 9 and uh, McKaylin had a couple of hits a couple of RBIs and uh, also went all the way then at Duarte they played uh, yesterday I couldn't go to that game uh, at Duarte and they're the number one team in the division were the number one team in the division. It was 0-0. My daughter, Cassie, 
was keeping me uh, abreast of the score. A zero-zero going into the eighth inning. Uh, seventh, actually, the eighth inning. Games are seven innings long. Uh, the Lions scored on the top of the seventh, and so here's McKaylin, sophomore. You know, she's five-nine and has good movement on her ball. Likes to keep it low because she can go up and down the ladder, and uh, she steered them to the win. Wow. So as the philosopher to McKaylin, mm-hmm. do you discuss her future with her, and what do you tell her? No, I just want to do, like, well, we did. We did, and just just said to her, the the only th- the thing that you can do and improve on to improve your uh, endeavors in school and life is to make sure that you take care of your grades. Well, it's kind of tough to tell a kid that's getting 4.5 GPA. To take care of, do better. <laughs> right. Can you do better? Yeah. What's but the matter one, with you? One thing, I, she was she was a little down that she lost or, or, or the, they didn't take care of Rosemead well, like they should have. And I said, well, good teams win the games they're supposed to. Champions overcome and wins, win the ones they shouldn't. Wow. That's heavy duty. So... At this age, this sophomore tender age, Mm -hmm. this is a turning point or a tipping point, some might say, for young athletes, whether they really go the distance or whether they finish their high school career and become doctors, lawyers, and Indian chiefs. What's going to happen to Michaela? She'll probably be a doctor. Okay. Just like uh, Dottie, who who is the the gal who uh, pitched for you or was a shortstop for USC and now has two Olympic gold medals. I forget her last name, but uh, she's a terrific person and, and, a, and an orthopedic surgeon now. Right up the alley. Right. Right up the alley. All right. I gave you your two minutes of fame. Thank you. I said her name wrong. Tell me again. McKaylin. McKaylin, not Michaela. It's right. McKaylin. It's, it's a conglomeration of the grandmother's names. That's very nice. Well, I wish her luck on Friday or Saturday, and we'll see what happens. That's right. Thank you very much. All right. Back Back to business. Back to the business of our angels here. Uh, Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about baseball and money. The last big MLB lockout, a lot of it was about the dollar. That's all it ever is about, really. Well, I suppose. There's a little pork in there, kind of like AB47 and all that good stuff. AB 47, okay. I understand that the Angels had to get, give some money away to some of their players in order to avoid some arbitration problems. Um, yeah, they did, and and that was to uh, maybe clear some out. Well, they, they had to clear out uh, uh, Justin Upton's contract. They owed him $26 million this year. Um just I'm a, wondering, did Justin just up? Do pork. we do we know? Do do we miss Justin Upton this year? Ask the audience. <laughs> okay, Albert Pujols. He was in the last year of his contract, but the Angels still had to pay him, even money. though even though he the Angels. How how would it be if you had to pay one of your best people to work for your nearest competition, and you still had to pay him while he was starring up the freeway i'd be in a lot of pain yeah okay so i think that is over with now because he's now with the st louis cardinals and i do believe that that is all, all of that money is it's is off of. of the table so which is good so uh uh so i mean i love albert i mean he's he can be a little grumbly at times but um uh, <laughs> i was in st louis when he was a rookie and um got to 
reacquaint myself with him here. And um, you had his wife, Deidre, on, who has a, a great foundation. So, you know, they're, they're great people. Yeah, I, I like her very much. She's really passionate. Um, she's all about helping the underdog. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mike Trout, same thing. I mean, he, uh, I just saw uh, one of the, on social media, the, uh, Benny Bam has a great, uh, I think it's Angel Addicts or something like that. He reposted a, right, a right. video uh, about uh, uh, Mike Trout helping out a young man who, a uh, little boy, a little toddler, uh, who was his biggest fan with eye troubles and financially took care of him. He didn't have to do that, but he no, did. No, he did not, but what a great thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's so many people that need so much help that uh, where do you start, where do you stop? Exactly. Let me switch gears a little bit in the money angle of the game. We, we talk about this off and on, but sometimes it gets swept under the rug. The disparity in salaries for players is tremendous, even in the big leagues. The top players are making millions. The not-so-top players are in the hundreds of thousands. Now it's up to the high hundreds of thousands. And in the other leagues, they're starving. Right, in the minor leagues, yes. They're starving. Yep, yep. Been, so, been in both. Been, so well, been of witness should both. That, should, there, should that change? I mean, people love the minor leagues, too. They go to those stadiums all over the country and towns and cities everywhere, and they fill those places, and they root just as much as they do. It is so fun. Well, because when you're in a small town, a rural town, that's the only thing to do, and it's either the high schools or the high school football and basketball, and then in baseball, you've got minor league seasons. So, man, yeah, I, I, I loved working in small towns because of that. It uh, really keeps the community together. As a matter of fact, a lot of the antics that minor league baseball puts on in the game and in between innings have now come to major league baseball because those kids in, in management there are now here. They've been promoted. So that's why you see a lot of the the things, a lot of the games and a a lot of the uh, giveaways and and in-between inning antics here because of uh, the success of it in the minor leagues. The disparity of money, if the owners didn't have it to pay, they wouldn't be giving it to these players. So I I applaud the players for having these big contracts. But is it their fault? No. Um, It's not a a question of fault. I guess it's really... It's a question of the fact that have we gotten so extreme, not just in baseball, but in everything, mm-hmm. that we're going to bankrupt our, our culture. I mean, baseball, you know, in when I was a kid, going to a baseball game cost nothing. Right. And baseball players, uh, basketball players, and, and football they players. They were making millions of dollars. They had to have an off-season job. Right. I don't know. I guess we're a star culture now. That's the way it is. Oh, absolutely. Those are our role models, unfortunately. But then how come those stadiums were filled in those days just as much, or maybe even more, than they are now? Because you could afford to go. That's right. (laughs) There you go. There's the answer. Last question of our short time together. I want to talk to you about analytics in baseball. This could be a whole half hour. But the last 20 years, smart young guys that are technocrats figuring out how long the arm will last, how many years the player has to work, all these different things in the old days, and you alluded to this earlier in our conversation, is that real baseball? What happened to instinct? And when it comes push to shove, 
What wins over in the head office? What does Moreno say when push comes to shove? Does he go with the analyst or does he go with his instinct? Well, they say numbers don't lie, but I think Artie goes both ways. Uh, he's got a, he's, he goes with his gut, uh, and, and he's an owner. He has that prerogative. Um, let's use Albert Pujols as an example. Would you, would you do it again? Probably not. But it was nice to have him here even though I don't think he was really, really appreciated by the fans. Um, and, and I'm glad he has a chance to go back to St. Louis to be appreciated. Yeah, it was definitely hot and cold. Right. Um, as far as analytic goes, uh, they say numbers don't lie. So I don't know. Um, Have Joe, they lied? Have Joe you? Madden. Joe Madden is is a big believer in analytics. He was a, a huge believer in analytics uh, back when it kind of started – in 2002 when he was uh, the bench coach for, for Mike Sosha. So I think it's gone a little too much, maybe a little. Like everything kind of goes a little too much. Can you do it? Let's, let's reel it in a little bit. Maybe the instinct, that, that's why the shift came about, because of analytics. This guy hits it over there 85% of the time. He only hits it over here 15% of the time. So let's load up that side. Right. So... Yeah, I think it's gone a little too far. Well, with that, I think we've loaded up both sides, and I'm honored to have you on today. I hope you'll come back again very soon. I would love to. to. I've got a whole stack of notes here. And let's No recipes, though. No, but but let's end. I want you to come back and talk about baseball history in Southern California. You're working on a project. Share just a little bit about it. Tease us, and then we'll say goodbye. I've been working on a project. Just got hired on to work with it. Well, there's a contract guy, fill-in guy, uh, for a documentary in po- progress called Upon Fur- After Further Review. It's uh, a story, a documentary on sports in Los Angeles, specifically Southern California. Um, why... Southern California is such a hotbed for sports, for athletes, of, from, from everybody, from boxing on up. And also another story another uh, by uh, Dean Prater and uh, 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 Josh uh, uh, Pro. Boy, he's going he's, he's gonna to laugh at me because I always screw up his last name. But uh, they have a documentary that's out now called Raymond Lewis, L.A. Legend, who was a basketball player back in the late 60s, early 70s. Who probably now I'm probably going to get a lot of flack of that about this, but probably a better shooter than Kobe Bryant, and worked just as hard. But he went to Cal State L.A. because he got a Corvette. Then he didn't have an agent and uh, kind of blew his opportunity to play in the NBA. Let's stop there because there's a lot more to this story I know, and I think our listeners would really enjoy hearing about it. So come back in a few weeks, and we're going to discuss Mr. Lewis and what it. happened to him and how that affects other kids and young adults in sports Every making athlete. the wrong choice. Absolutely. With that, Dr. Stowers, thank you so much. <laughs> Good luck to your granddaughter, and uh, have a wonderful week. Go Lions. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bruce Cook. It's The Conversation. We're ending with Lou Stowers, and we're going to switch gears. You're going to meet one of my favorite comedians in the whole wide world. He's going to come after a commercial break. Get ready to laugh with Bobby Collins, people. We'll be right back. You see, you can reciprocate. I got delicious taste. You need a woman's touch in your place. Just put Angels Radio. AM830. Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute at Hogue is ranked in the top 1% in the nation by U.S. News and World Report. 
It provides world-class care through multidisciplinary expert teams, each focusing on specific disorders of the brain and spine, such as stroke, aneurysms, brain tumors, Parkinson's disease, cognitive disorders, including Alzheimer's, epilepsy, back pain, as well as spinal cord issues, addiction medicine, and sleep disorders. Our renowned experts offer the best evidence-based care, state-of-the-art technology, and the latest clinical research, all focused on the individual patient. Our stroke program was the first in Orange County named as a certified comprehensive stroke center, and our brain tumor program is the largest in Orange County and among the top volume programs in the Western United States. Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute, compassionate care, clinical excellence, creative intelligence. To learn more, call 949-516-9075 or visit hogue.org forward slash neuroinstitute. Asking for help in life takes bravery. Women addicted to alcohol and drugs know this very well. Most suffer silently while their lives fall apart, their children and their families in crisis. For more than 40 years in Southern California, New Directions for Women has helped addicted women recover in a nationally recognized treatment facility in Costa Mesa. Their doors are wide open. It just takes the first step. Call New Directions for Women. The number is 888-786-0509. Again, 888-786-0509. You can also visit them at www.newdirectionsforwomen.org. New Directions for Women. They know recovery. everybody i'm bruce cook it's the conversation sunday night on angels radio ama 30 klaa hope you enjoyed our talk with our expert in baseball mr lou stowers we're going to switch gears as i said Uh, i'm going to introduce you to one of the funniest guys in all the world and all of american comedy his name is bobby collins ladies and gentlemen you probably know him well he has been a comedic star on tv radio on the comedy circuit for at least the last the uh, at least the last two years, um, maybe it was two and a half. Uh, he hails from New York and New Jersey, and his name is Robert Edward Collins, and his dad says that he named him Bobby because he loved Bob Hope. So what better what better start in life to follow your dreams? Except that Mr. Collins went to college and became a a high school teacher in history and then that didn't work out so he went to new york and became went to work for uh, designer calvin klein of all people that didn't work then he decided to become a comic i guess that worked and uh, he's been making people laugh including shows that he's done for sinatra Cher, iglesias tony bennett Dolly Parton, you name it. Here he is now. Bobby Collins, where are you? Hey, Bruce, how are you, buddy? How's everything? What's it doing in Santa Monica? Oh, it's got to be the most white, privileged, entitled Range Rover place I've ever lived. What do you drive? I drive a Tesla. Well, that's pretty privileged. It's well, electric yeah. privilege. It's electric privilege. I've had it for six months, and you know me from New York, the poor kid from New York. It's already saved me 
about $450. It's $450 in gas, but your electric meter is spinning out of control in Santa Monica, and Edison is your best friend. <laughs> Has anybody ever considered that? No. I, I, go to a, uh, I go to one of those stations on Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, so you're cheating even more. Yes, yes. Plug it in for free somewhere. Yeah. And, you know, coming from New York, if I found it, I'd plug it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I wanted you to come on because I know you'll make everybody laugh and happy on a Sunday night. But I, I, the reason I asked you originally was I think people are horrified by what happened to Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl. Clearly, they're horrified about what happened to Chris Rock at the Oscars. And... Is this something comics have to worry about when they're in the clubs doing their act? Well, I think now, I think the door has been the door has been uh, unopened. I think now everybody's got to uh, look what's happening around the country, uh, just in general. Everything from immigration to Black Lives Matter to the Asian to anti-Semitism, gun laws. I mean, look what's happening in our country. And this is just another example of, I mean, Chris Rock and I and Dave, we're good friends. So the fact that that happened now, it's opened the door for it to happen again, just like look what happened in Buffalo yesterday. Look what happened in Milwaukee two weeks ago. Look what happened in Laguna. We're seeing this whole thing coming out. you got to remember, Bruce, we're sharing the planet with a lot of different types of people now. we got to start sending out the herd. The gene pool could use some chlorine. <laughs> well, no kidding. But, you know, there were always crazies in, in uh, uh, obsessive, in obsessive, well, in life for sure. But in, in show business in particular, there were always the crazy element, the obsessive fans that had to touch the star, that had to be part of the star. Right. Why is it so much worse now? Or is it? Maybe it's not. Go back a few. No. So you've only been in the business two years. So how far can you go yeah. back? Yeah, I can go back about 38, 40 years. You well, you don't remember. sound that old. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> you got re to remember something. As a comic, most 99% of comics are insecure individuals. And why do they do stand-up comedy? Because the love that they didn't get when they were younger, they get from an audience that gives them not only the love and the affection that they never had, and it's just a wonderful feeling. So what and happened to you? I, <laughs> You're not insecure at all. No. And no, I don't I think am. you need any more love. You've got lots of love. Listen to you. Listen to you. I know that no. you do. I know that you do. <laughs> and I also know the audiences love you. You came down here to the bubble in Orange County from the big city Los Angeles for a few years doing shows down here in Newport Beach. And, and basically, the very conservative Republican Trump crowd were in love with you. Well, You even insulted them, and, and they were in love with you. You know what? I, as a comic, I've got two things. One, to entertain, and two, make, make them laugh. And one, and make them laugh, entertain them, but at the same time, number two, educate. You have to let, you've got to let people see both sides. Like when people come to me and they talk, do you do politics? Yes, I do. But you do it from both sides. Well, you know, I'm not Republican. I'm not Democrat. I'm literate. 
And and to do that, you have to show people both sides. Guess what? And I do. Guess what? Yeah. What did your namesake do 50 years ago? Bob Hope. Bob Hope. What did he do? That's what he did. That's it. That's exactly what he did. He didn't. He poked when he poked the sword. He poked it either way, depending on where it was deserved, and it and done, done in a spirit of humor. And I do, and I do it all the time. When people ask me about, uh, you know, uh, they, people have found out in many news organizations that I was the uh, me and Celine Dion performed at Donald Trump's inauguration. And uh, people have asked me, I've known Donald Trump for 36 years. But again, politics to me, remember when the government shut down? I'm from New York. We never knew it was open. You know, (laughs) politics is a complete joke to us. It was a money industry. So when I hear people, you know, look at our president, at least in our country. And remember when we were kids, we'd stand up, I pledge allegiance to the flag, to the United States of America. Remember, we stood up and we did that. Absolutely. Whether it was, whether it was Republican or Democrat, it, it was the whole idea was you guys got to work together to make our country better and make each other, our families, better to better off. Now look what's happened. It's so divided. It's so crazy. I mean, to the point where, you know, they say when you're dead, you don't know you're dead. Other people feel the pain. Same thing when you're stupid. There you go. Look what's happened. You know what I'm saying. Why did we be, Why did we become so stupid? What happened? Uh, because of the people that we elected, and we started to see everything happen with money. You know, when you asked me about this whole thing with Chris Rock and Slap, I kind of got it. I mean, me and Chris have talked about it, but at the same time, it swung the door open to see this whole Hollywood thing. It opened the door wide to see that. It's about money and fame, not about the things that you and I were brought up with, compassion, integrity, kindness, generosity, giving. None of that. It's all about taking what you can get. And that's what this Hollywood thing, and I liked it because it opened the door to see what it was. You know, does Will Smith have some, a lot of internal problems? Yeah, the guy's a wacko. You know, I hear now he's getting a divorce through his stories here in Hollywood. I don't care. You know, somebody mentioned to me the other day about, I don't know, what's the guy that's divorcing a girl and they're on on uh, trial now? And uh, who cares I don't, for those things? I don't know. But, no, the crazy fans love that kind of gossip. I mean, let's let's not even kid ourselves. But, right, right. But, but I, I got to tell you, <coughs> excuse me, I was so impressed with Chris Rock, how he handled that. Um, the composure that he had was was absolutely astounding, and I don't know I don't know if you heard this, but then uh, just a couple of weeks ago when the incident happened with Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl, Chris right. Rock came out and called out on a microphone, "Is Will Smith here?" <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> Did you hear that? I heard about it. But that's about that's it. comedy. That, that's comedy. That's, comedy. that's what it's about. Look at George Carlin. Look at all the people that we came up with. Do you know? It's it's funny. I go into and I, I stop into a club in New York or something. If I'm working at a theater, I'll stop over at a club and I hear the young comics and they're talking about uh, sex and they're talking about this and the young girls. And, and that's not 
That's not important. Talk about things that affect all of us. Talk about your lives. Talk about your inner feelings. Educate me. <clears throat> open up my heart and open up my mind. Growth means change. Change doesn't always mean growth. When you grow as a person, you change and drop things about yourself. So true. Bobby mm -hmm. Collins, we got to take a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk more about opening up your heart and your minds as a comedian, as a person. And I want more jokes from you because I want to keep them laughing tonight on the radio. You, you got it. So do not hang up that cell phone. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'm Bruce Cook, and we will be back in a couple minutes. Do not go away. And I always knew I could stay. So I had a dream that I'd just fly away, away. As part of the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute, Hoag's Neurospine program offers innovative methods to reduce pain, inflammation, and improve mobility safely and effectively, often without surgery. Should you need surgery, Hoag is a leader with minimally invasive techniques, 3D imaging, and robotics to restore your golf swing or your swing dance. Many of our patients go home in just a few hours, walking the very next day. Call our dedicated nurse navigator at 949-537-2931 for an evaluation or visit hoag.org forward slash and now we're back. I came back a little too quickly there. I was so anxious to talk to Bobby. The commercial guy is going to ask for a refund. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bruce Cook, and it is the conversation tonight on Angels Radio. My special guest, comedian Bobby. Bobby, 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 tell me what you're doing these days. Where are you? Where are you performing? What are you up to? Are you making a movie? No, I've, I've been averaging, even during the pandemic, even though it's slowed up, I've been averaging about 39 to 43 theaters a year. So uh, I love it. I love it. I travel everywhere, and I was smart because I did, I, during the pandemic, I did a lot of them down south because they they didn't wear masks. Some lady in an audience and 1,100 people screamed out, Bobby, we can't wait to see you next year. I said, you probably won't be here. You'll be dead. <laughs> they don't wear, you know what I mean. And, you know, and people bring up politics. What's, I talk about politics. Break it down. What's a poly? Expensive trained bird that repeats everything you say. What's a tick? It's a blood-sucking insect. People, pay your taxes, wear a helmet, stay low. I looked up the United States of America on Yelp. We have a star and a half rating now. Look what's happened. <laughs> wow, a whole star and a half, boy. <laughs> I know. What you happened know, to the other here. three and a half of them? I know. Thank uh. you. Look what's going on. So I remember being at uh, Trump's inauguration. I've known the guys. You know, and somebody, you don't want to tell people, you know, because of his politics, what he's really like, because I wouldn't. And here I open for him, and, uh, and all his boys around him, you know, uh, we represent the lollipop bill, the lolly, and then he. He, you know, I say, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome comedian Bobby Collins. I got up there, and I, they're all applauding, and I said, I guess we have a new president amongst us tonight. And they all went nuts, and I said, I guess Orange is the new black. <laughs> oh, and then after the show, he came over to me, great show, Bobby. I go, thanks, Donnie. I go, excuse me, President, President you know, Trump. He goes, Bobby, can I ask you something? I said, sure. He goes, did you vote for me? I said, I, I would have rather voted for El Chapo. Did you really yeah. say that, or is this part I of your routine? All, he didn't laugh, but all his boys laughed. 
Very, very but, good. Very good. But it was the truth. Very good. So if you're traveling that much, is your suitcase worn out and your bottom sore from the airplane? What's that like? You know, What's that like doing that much traveling as a comic? You know, I've done it for 40 years, and i got to tell you, uh, somebody asked me the other day, they said, Bob, do you ever think about retiring? I said, I get paid to have fun. You know, the worst part of it is the travel. It is. You know, because the, the rules that have changed, and you see how people have changed on airlines and uh, with masks and this whole thing, you know. It, it, you know, it's, I stopped in one place. They go, sir, you got to put your mask on because I was taking a drink of something. You know, I went into another place. Uh, you know, they go, sir, we have to take your temperature. I went into another place. I got a colonoscopy. <laughs> you know, the, the, the world's changing, and we, we got to adapt to it. And we got to, you know, we have to set the examples for other people because a lot of people aren't. Okay, so you have set an example personally. You have a beautiful wife, Jill. You have two daughters that are grown. How do you keep a family together on the road that much in a business that is insane? I know, I know. Insane. I know. You're totally right. Uh, Name another comic. Name another comic that has a great life like you have. What's the secret? What's the secret, Bobby? The secret is compassion, love, and set an example and educating people. You know, God gave me, I've been blessed with a beautiful special needs child. And when God gives you that, and when I was a kid, I remember taking up, my mother told us to take up for this kid, Julius, who had Down syndrome. And he, she said, "Don't you and your brother, don't let anyone make fun of him. And people did, they called him retarded, they this and that. And me and my brother would step up and grab those kids and whack them around and say, apologize. But never did it again. And here I come into life with a special needs kid. Just an example, not only for me, chilling. but for a higher level. Yeah, you chilling. Know chilling wow you've had a book out for a while that is quite successful talk to me about it well uh in the second book just came out the first book was called on the inside you know uh witisms and wisdoms these are the things that i've learned the lessons i've learned in life that i wish somebody when i was young sat down and told me and i would just like to have listened to them and learned from them but i had a rhythm and how to exist Goes around, comes around. You've heard, heard of all proteins change, change doesn't. You know, God first, family second, career third. One ahead of the other. You always got to get back on where you came out. Bobby, let me let me stop you. Your cell phone's breaking up a bit. Maybe you can move it around or something. And tell me of all the lessons in that book, what's the most important one? Oh, I never asked you that. Can you hear me pretty good? Yeah, fine. I would say the biggest lesson that I've learned was God first, family second, career third. Because there were many times in my life where something happened, I was supposed to get a part in a play, or I was supposed to get a, <clears throat> a sitcom part and this and that, or even do a show called Scruples. And <laughs> oh, you remember that. You remember? Of course and I remember that. Happen. Or I got a call saying, well, you have to take off. We need you for this. And I'm saying, no, I can't. You can't. I'm away. I'm performing. They, you know, and then I pass up on it. And next thing you know, I'd feel terrible. But I did the right thing because something else came in. Something else better came in. And that thing never really got on the air or happened. So you keep your eye on the donut, not the hole. So you're referring to that fabulous project we did for Aaron Spelling called Scruples. Where you, you remember were, that. Which you were very <laughs> funny in, by the way. 
we very had a funny. Ball. Very funny. We had a ball, and you handled it and did the whole thing, and you were great. It was a. It was the most difficult time of my entire life. Did you know that? Is that true? Uh huh. No, I didn't know that. It was the most difficult time of my entire life. I went back to the hotel room. Went back to the hotel room every night after working, and put the yeah. put my head in the pillow and the covers over my head. My uh, sister had just been killed. Um, oh, so God. how's that for a downer to end our time together? How's oh, that for a buddy, downer? I'm so sorry. But you know, oh. but you know, I bring that up because it just came to mind. But it just shows what you're talking about about having to having to always find something positive in the most horrible of times to get through things. Absolutely. Absolutely. The most horrible you know? of times. Um, and, you, and you do it with grace and you do it with dignity and it always works out. Anyway, where are you going next? Where am I next? I'm going a little bit in New Rochelle, New York. There's a theater that I'm doing. Well, it's for uh, uh, Mariano Rivera. He was a... Uh, he's a uh, uh, what is it called? All Star? No, a uh, Hall of Fame in baseball. And there's going to be about from the Yankees. And there's going to, he's got a wonderful foundation that helps a lot of people. And I, I did it uh, two years ago before the pandemic, and he's asked me to do it again because they loved me. And I'm going back to do it. He's going to have 13 of the Yankees there. So, and again, I don't know anything about baseball. You know, we well, you're kids, on the right. Well. You're really on the right station then. Listen, we're almost out of time. We're almost out of time. So, in a few words, give us some Collins philosophy to sign us off tonight. Oh, I would just keep going forward and be a be the example in your life, whether it be for your family or your friends or people that you run into, and you're seeing things happen in life that they're not doing good or they're angry or they're really pissed off. Be the example for them. Raise above it. Stay high. Don't get caught up into anything else and be be the person that you can show them what's the right thing to do. What's who you are because it comes so from right. inside out. So right. What a nice you know. way, nice way to end our conversation, Mr. Collins. It's such a <laughs> such an honor, such a pleasure to always have you to talk to you and be with you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Bobby Collins and I'm Bruce Cook. And I'm going to close by saying thank you for the privilege of your time tonight listening to Angels Radio and to me and to Mr. Collins and to Mr. Stowers before him. We really do have a ball on radio and literally and figurative, figuratively. I can't talk. Good night, everyone. Come back again next Sunday at 6 o'clock for the conversation with Bruce Cook. You've been listening to The Bruce Cook Conversation. Hear The Bruce Cook Conversation on Sundays at 6 p.m. Pacific on AM830 KLAA. And hear the podcasts of every show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public.